When your legs don't work like they used to before, and I can't sweep you off your feet, will your mouth still remember the taste of my love? Ugh. Will your eyes still smile from your cheeks? Just some of the questions there plaguing Ed Sheeran. Well, I think Ed Sheeran might have a few more pressing questions on his hands now than to ruminate about whether someone's mouth will still remember the taste of his love, which, quite frankly, is rather a noxious concept. Ed Sheeran has been sued $20 million because he's apparently ripped off a song which has been sang by the X Factor winner, Matt Cardle. But he's not the one doing the suing. The suing is being done by these two songwriters. Martin Harrington and Thomas Leonard are the songwriters who uh, wrote the Matt Cardle song which is called Amazing. So here's a little bit of the song. How did you find me? It came out of nowhere like lightning. It's kind of amazing how you found me through all the noise somehow. The people who wrote that song are claiming this Ed Sheeran song has ripped that song off. But I mean, listening to that song, to me, it's just four, four basic chords, C, G, A, F. Time and time again, we hear songs like that. That sounds just so derivative of so many other songs. Like, you thought, if you're going to bring a case against someone for ripping your song off, you'd think, oh, well, the song's presumably going to be something a little bit different, something a bit novel that we've never heard before. That song sounds like every other pop song that's been... You, you could hear that kind of song over and over again in this charts. There were just so many pop songs that sound identical to that. Na, da, 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 da. It just sounds so obvious, cliche, generic, absolutely most generic cliche song. And then they have the audacity when someone else writes a generic cliche song and say, no, your generic cliche song sounds very similar to my generic cliche song. Well, of course it does, because it's a generic cliche song following the same formula that's been followed for years. You can't suddenly sue someone because you're following the same formula that they, they happen to follow a year later. How did you find me? Came out of nowhere like lightning It's kind of amazing how you found me Through all the noise somehow Ooh, Let's hear the Ed Sheeran song and we shall compare and contrast So you can keep me inside the pocket of your ripped jeans Holding me closer till our eyes meet You won't I think it's safe to say that both songs sound very similar. They're not identical. But this is the problem. We're dealing in a, a world here where people are making generic music. These songwriters have made generic cliche bilge and then they have the audacity to say, oh, your generic cliche bilge sounds a bit like my generic cliche bilge. Well, of course, it's like saying your shit smells a little bit like my shit. Yeah, it, it will do. I mean, in fairness to Ed Sheeran, I would say that the Ed Sheeran song sounds like a marked improvement over the uh, the first one. I just find that's a bit of a weird way to go because, of course, there's been other cases like this where people have been sued. Pharrell Williams, Robin Thicke, Pharrell Williams, Blurred Lines. sounds like this. I 
there's a similar kind of feel to it, I would say. Similar feel, but I mean, but is that enough to sue someone over? I mean, this, I mean, imagine that if bands in the 60s and the 70s weren't allowed to sound like each other. Like, oh, sorry, Hollies, you sound a bit like the Beatles there and vice versa. Oh, sorry, Rolling Stones, you sound, that song sounds a little bit like the Beatles. The Beatles started off doing sort of 1950s rock and roll songs and things like this. Where do you draw the line? Blurred lines, indeed. Let's just see when that Marvin Gaye song was released. Oh, that's brilliant. It was released in 1977, and apparently the song was released because it was, there was a request from Marvin Gaye's record label that he should go into disco music and he should start have a more disco music orientated sound. Well, what is behind disco music? It's that feel. It's that exact feel that Marvin, that, that, that song has encapsulated. The exact same feel that Pharrell Williams and Robin Thicke have got from that song. So all it is, is it's creating a feel. It's creating an identity. It's a stylistic thing. So it seems a little bit ironic that then Marvin Gaye's estate goes, right, now we're going to actually sue Pharrell Williams and Robin Thicke for doing essentially what we we did in 1977. Blatantly took a style of music, said that's what disco sounds like, bum, 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 bum. did that, it's like a 4-4 four, four beat, it's got a bit of a crowd going woo, woo, that kind of thing, it's got that, Pharrell Williams and Robin Thicke did exactly the same, all they're doing is stylistic recreation, that's what music, that's what happens in music all the time, we're saying that stylistic recreation isn't allowed now? Anyway, that song was released in 1977, if you want to be picky, in 1968, so nine years before, Spirit, the band Spirit, released a song called Fresh Garbage, I would argue sounds more like the Marvin Gaye song than Blurred Lines. Oh, notice the funky bass there! Notice as well the sound of the crowds going, way, yeah, like cheering in the background. It'll... Now, I'm not saying it sounds identical by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying that surely you can see that in any song there are similarities. For a start, it's got that kind of bass thing. It's got that slightly sound behind it, like the cowbell. It's got that, hey, hey, the sort of the, the crowds. It's got that very similar feel. The one that really got me a couple of years ago, I think it was now, was that Sam Smith song, Stay With Me. I'm sure I shall play it now. Oh, won't you stay with me? Cause you're a bad song. This is another court case. Tom Petty was rewarded a songwriting credit for the Sam Smith song. Not because Sam Smith said, oh, the song inspired me, Tom Petty's song, I won't back down, inspired me, but because Tom Petty insisted that the song, Sam Smith's song, sounded exactly like his song, or sounded enough like his song for him to get a songwriting credit. <laughs> I think that's a little bit... Tom Petty, he's very petty, clearly, because it doesn't sound anything like Sam Smith's Stay With Me. Da, 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 won't you stay with me? It's just, it's two notes. Stay with me. Doorbells do that. Ding dong, ding dong. Oh, hang on. Who's that at the door? Ding dong. Oh, bloody hell, it's Tom Petty. I'm suing you. What? Your doorbell sounds like my song. Absolutely ridiculous. It's a dead ringer. I'm sure we could find another song that sound that was released before Tom Petty that goes da 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 He's so fine. Do lang, do lang, do lang. 
the chiffons, of course. This is a high-profile copyright infringement case. George Harrison was sued because that apparently sounds like My Sweet Lord. My sweet they got away with it it doesn't sound anything like it i mean this da 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 that's it well it's just that's music da 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 how far do you go da 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 take my breath away da 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 oh let's sue them that's three notes there da 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 the marseillaise there they've ripped off the french national anthem right come on france sue them judge george harrison the chiffons and who sang take my breath away was it uh Da da da, Berlin! Da da da! So there you go, so they're going down. I should start representing people. That's it, so the entirety of France now are gonna sue Berlin. My goodness, France versus Berlin. France versus Berlin versus George Harrison versus the Chiffons. We're gonna be in a situation where all pop songs start sounding like weird serialist compositions. You just imagine being in a meeting with a, a pop singer or something. Right, we've uh, we've written you a song. Yeah, it's your typical love song. So it's called I Love You. Oh, I Love You, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I Love You, yeah, that's the chorus. I Love You, I Love You, Do You Love Me Too? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, brilliant, yeah, I could do that, I can do that. Yeah, it sounds... Sounds good. Yeah, we're going to go for a little bit of a different melody, actually, than usual. Yeah, we just had a, a, a bit of a chat with our legal team. You know, what's been going on with Ed Sheeran and, and people like that recently. We thought we'd best go for a different approach. So um, I'm just going to sing the melody for you. I love you. I love you. Do you love me too? Ooh, ooh, ooh. You got that? What? No, I haven't got that at all. What, what, what are you doing? I'm, I can't sing that. I know it's not your usual style. It's not your usual style, I accept that, but uh, we really need to start doing stuff differently. You know, we, we, we can't do another song with the same four chords and the same sort of melodies. You know, we're going to get sued if we keep doing that, you know. All songs are going to have to start sounding different, and we're, we're leading the way on this. And the great thing is, once everybody else starts doing it, we can start suing them. I mean, I've got to play the guitar to that. How am I going to play the guitar to that? I mean, I can only play four chords on the guitar. How am I going to, how am I going to play the guitar to that? I can't go, I love you. Oh, and play the same chords, C, G, A, F. You know, I've done that for, for years and I've never been sued. I know, but times are changing, mate. But don't worry about not being able to play the chords. But we thought about that. Easy guitar, mate. Give your guitar a bit of a strum. The heck, that's completely out of tune. Exactly. So there you go. Play the same chords as you usually do and it'll sound completely different. Go on, do your usual C, G, A, F. Oh, okay. Brilliant. Oh, it sounds hideous. Well, yeah, well, I know it doesn't sound quite as good, but, you know, this is what we've got to do now. We don't wanna, we've got to err on the side of caution, really. We, you know, we don't want any expensive lawsuits. So can you just strum those three, three four chords and, and try the, um, the, uh, the melody? Okay. Melody. I love you. I love you. Do you love me too? Something like that, yeah. I mean, to be honest, it doesn't really matter if you get it wrong, because it sounds nothing like anything else anyway, so, yeah. So, are you ready to go in the recording studio, and uh, let's give it a go? And then you know what's going to happen a couple of years later. Yeah, we've got a bit of a problem. You know that song you wrote, I Love You? Well, we've had a law case uh, brought against us. What? 
do you mean? Apparently it sounds very similar to... Well, hang on a second, it sounds very similar. You said it sounds completely different to anything you've heard before. It sounds the most ridiculous thing. I was going, boo-boo-boo-boo-boo. And now you're telling me I've been sued because the song sounds like something else. What the hell does it sound like? We got a phone call today from the estate of Marcel Duchamp. Marcel Duchamp, the uh, French aleatoric composer. In 1913, he wrote a piece of music based entirely on the rolls of a dice. And apparently your song sounds quite a lot like it. And I have to say, actually, listening to it it does sound quite uncanny and then what's going to happen a couple of years later Marcel Duchamp his estate is sued because the dice manufacturers suddenly find out about this and they say well we were the dice manufacturers technically it's not your song it's our song you know you rolled the dice you didn't actually do any work so then the dice manufacturers managed to sue Marcel Duchamp I mean the whole thing is just going to get ridiculous what I'm trying to say is is this going to set a precedent Michael Wackington, you are quite right, my friend. You identified the corp correctly. It was the Southie Green Corp. Well done to you. Your prize is a battered, broken, out-of-tune guitar. Two US musicians are suing Ed Sheeran for $20 million over his single photograph. Martin Harrington and American Thomas Leonard. I like the fact that it says, it says Martin Harrington and then it says and American Thomas Leonard. It doesn't say what nationality Martin Harrington was. Why? Why is the idea that Thomas Leonard is American any more interesting? These two songwriters, Martin Harrington and the American Thomas Leonard, claim that it is similar structure to their song, Amazing, unaptly titled. I think it's safe to say. Here is the song. their song amazing the pair say that Sheeran's ballad has the same musical composition to their track which was released by former X Factor winner Matt Cardle in 2012 god it's hard to believe that song was four years ago it's just crazy to imagine that much time has elapsed but I think it's just because when you hear the song it just sounds so timeless doesn't it you just can't believe it was that four years ago how different life was four years ago then you hear a song like that and as I say it's just so timeless I think it'll probably transcend you know 30 or 40 years people will be doing that no wonder Ed Sheeran wanted to rip it off I mean listen how brilliant it sounds amazing indeed Let's have a listen to the Ed Sheeran one again, just to recap if you didn't listen yesterday, or just to remind yourselves. Yeah, so let's just quickly just, just fade between the two there. Yeah, there are similarities, I agree. Mark Harrington and Thomas Leonard say that they penned Amazing in 2009. My goodness, really? As I say, timeless. It was recorded in 2012. The song was penned in 2009. 2009, yeah, it sounds so fresh. They say that the similarities are, in quotes, instantly recognisable to the ordinary observer. Ah, I don't know if we have any ordinary observers listening today. This is a quote now. The copying of Amazing by Photograph is breathtaking in its deliberateness, magnitude and hubris. I think using a word like magnitude to describe these trite pop songs is maybe a little bit overstated. And I think hubris is a little bit strong. The conduct of the defendants has been willful. From the inception of the creation. I'm not sure, what, is it, what do you mean by willful? So we've heard the two songs. We did all that yesterday. You want to use the chord structure as an argument. You're playing C major, G major, A minor, and F. That has been used so many times, that chord structure. It got me thinking. I'm talking about Snow Patrol. Remember Snow Patrol? 
a song called Run. The song was on their 2003 album. It was released as a single in 2004. So five or six years before these other two songwriters, Leonard and Harrington, the American Thomas Leonard, in case you joined us a bit late, maybe you joined the dollop a bit later and you thought, which Leonard are we talking about? Which Thomas Leonard are we talking about? We're talking about the American Thomas Leonard. Ah, okay. The song got to number five in the charts. So it's not as if it's a little twee song. It's not as if you could say, oh, but they haven't heard it. I'm just going to remind you of the Snow Patrol song very briefly. That's how it sounds. I've put the two songs, the Snow Patrol one and the Matt Cardle one, written by Leonard and Harrington, so I've put the two back to back. I've panned one slightly to the left, one slightly to the right, and this is how it sounds. Now, all I've done, I'll be honest, all I've done is I've sped up the Snow Patrol song a tiny amount. I've just taken the choruses of both songs and I've slightly sped up the Snow Patrol one, only in terms of the rhythm. I haven't changed the pitch or anything. And this, my friends, is how it sounds. Let you be the judge. How did you find me? I mean, okay. they've got expensive lawyers, these people, so I've got to be careful what I say here. I'm asking rhetorical questions. Is that pretty similar? It's a rhetorical question. I'm not saying it is or I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying, is it? It's a rhetorical question there. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, you say, yes, it is pretty similar. Is it more or less similar? Does it sound more or less similar to the Ed Sheeran one? And what about the end? The end there, where they both go into that instrumental bit, where the guitars start doing their thing, and the strings. I'm just wondering, let's just say, hypothetically, obviously, that the two songs do sound very similar. I wonder whether the lawyer who represented Leonard and Harrington, I wonder whether he would change allegiances now. So he got $13 million because he said that Pharrell Williams and Robin Thicke's blurred lines sounds like Marvin Gaye. He then went on to represent Leonard and Harrington. $20 million he got for that, suing Ed Sheeran, because apparently the chord structure and the notes are roughly the same. Could they not be a case for this lawyer turning his back now on Leonard and Harrington and then suing Leonard and Harrington on the behalf of Snow Patrol for ripping their song off. Not that I'm saying they did rip the song off. I'm just saying if the song sounds similar, it could be argued that they ripped them off. It could also, the words hubris could maybe be used. Willful hubris maybe? Even magnitude? Would you go so far as say magnitude there? Could it be argued that it was willful? and deliberate from the inception of the creation. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not even sure what the heck all that means, really. It just sounds a bit nonsense, but... I'm just putting ideas out there. It might be brilliant, wouldn't it? And then he sues them, maybe for $25 million. So the very people he got $20 million for, he then sues them 
on behalf of Snow Patrol, gets 25 million. The only winner here is the lawyer. I'm just saying, would that be sweet victory? Would it wipe the self-satisfied, smug, stupid smiles off Leonard and Harrington's faces if they indeed were self-satisfied and had smug smiles on their faces? I'm not saying they do, I'm just saying, would it if they did? So it's sort of it's a rhetorical question again. We're going into the realms of uh, hypothetical here. I, I appreciate that. Anyway, before we leave, mystery sound time, my friends. I wonder if you can identify what that is. I mean, is it obvious? I don't know, because I knew what it was before it was sent to me. I'm going to tell you what it is. That is the sound of a purring cat. That's Ruth's cat. Ruth, who I went to the cat cafe with. That's her cat purring. That does not sound... I mean, I've never heard a cat purr like that before. Hang on a minute. Did you hear that? The more I listen to that purring cat, listen to that again. Did you hear that? Da, da. Oh my goodness. Da, da. That is unmistakably. That's the same notes as Matt Cardle's song, isn't it? Leonard and Harrington. The certain breed of cat that Ruth has. Is that the sound that they make? And that Leonard and Harrington have actually ripped the song off from the breed of cat. Who's going to represent the cats? There's a lot to think about there. There's a lot for the lawyer to work on. He was just about to represent Snow Patrol. I'll sue them for 25 million, Leonard and Harrington. I'll now sue them for 25 million on behalf of Snow Patrol. And then I'll probably be able to get 30 million for the cat. And I'll probably be able to sue Ed Sheeran and Leonard and Harrington. This lawyer's going to be raking it in. That. It... Yes, yes, okay. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are now translating David's Daily Digital Dollop into dog. So if you have any dogs listening, a few people have complained saying, look, I listen to David's Daily Digital Dollop on a regular basis, but it's a shame that I can't enjoy it with my dog. I had a little bit of a think about it. I've had a word with one of those animal communicators that you can get who reckon they can talk to animals and also talk to dead animals as well. So they can say things like, oh yes, young Fido there, he's chewing a bone there up in heaven. And you go, oh my God, that's unbelievable. I mean, that's really offered me comfort that, because uh, I wasn't sure if they'd have bones in, in, up in heaven. But I mean, it's so good that they do. I'm a convert. I mean, a part of me was wondering whether there's a con or not. Because the thing is, you see, young Fido, he did like his bones. He was a, he was a fan of the bones. And uh, there's no way you could have known that. You've offered me conclusive proof there. Thank you very much. Yeah, and he's, he's saying something to me. Hang on a second. Something's coming through. He's saying something to me. He's saying something. Oh, go on, go on. What is it? It's, uh, let me just listen. Woof, woof. That's what he's saying. Oh, my goodness. That is uncanny, because he did that, actually. He did say woof, woof quite a lot. Hang on, what's he doing now? What's he doing? Go on, what's he doing? What's he doing? He's, he's, he's chasing a cat. Really? Oh, he did like the cats. He was a one for the cats. Young Fido. Oh, sounds exactly like him. Oh, this is brilliant. You've offered me comfort. Will I see him? Oh, you'll see him. You'll see him when you die. Oh, brilliant. He said he's, he's waiting for you. He's preparing a place. No, no, I don't think that can be Fido. He was allergic to place. What? No, Fido was allergic to fish. You've lost me now. You've lost me. Your credibility's starting to fade.
Let me know, by the way, if you are an animal communicator, if you can speak to animals, dead or alive. I mean, obviously, you presumably have to be alive to get in contact with me. I mean, if the animals are dead or alive, because I know that's the whole thing with animal communicators. You'd have thought if you were an animal communicator. Chances are, if people believe that you can speak to live animals and understand what they're saying, then you might as well go the whole hog. If you've managed to fool them there, you might as well go, oh, yeah, by the way, I can also speak to any dead pets that you might have. Oh, brilliant. I'd quite like to go to an animal communicator and see if I can... The only pet that I've ever had is a goldfish. I think my goldfish would be pretty annoyed with me. What's old Freddy saying? You know what he, well, he's not very happy, to be honest. He's saying, what the hell were you thinking of doing? You didn't give me a very good send-off, did you? Just flushing me down the toilet like that. Very unceremonious. I think that's what happened. I think my mother flushed him down the toilet. When he was dead. <laughs> Again, when he was dead. I mean, in fairness, yeah, there's not really much something like a goldfish could probably tell you. And especially when, in the real world... They only apparently have a memory of seven seconds. I mean, I don't know what it's like when they're dead. I don't know if all the memories suddenly come back. I mean, that would be a massive shock for them, wouldn't it? Yeah, to be honest, it's not very exciting getting in contact with goldfish from beyond the grave, from beyond the toilet. <laughs> I mean, I can get in touch with them, but they don't really come out with anything. They can't remember anything that happened. They can only remember things that happened seven seconds before they were about to die. I can tell you what was going through their mind, if you want. Go on, then, go on, then. Swim, swim, swim. Swim, swim. Oh, I'm feeling a bit funny. That's it. That's literally all they've got. We had some more interesting Google searches come in. These are people who Google things that then lead people to my website. The two searches that stood out, we had the usual youngins blind. The two searches that stood out were uh, David Eagle Diagnosis. <laughs> I don't know if someone saw me maybe at a gig or something and thought, I wonder if he was in Diagnosis Murder. Maybe got halfway through the search or two thirds of the way through the search and just accidentally clicked the mouse. Or maybe you saw that'll do. I'm glad they chose the word diagnosis to find out whether I was in Diagnosis Murder and not the word murder. Because if I saw David Eagle Murder come up, I might be a little bit more aggrieved. I might be a little bit more worried. David Eagle murder. Well, it might be Michael Wackington. He knows roughly where I live. He's managed to work it out. Maybe this is a warning. I think I found out where you live, David. I'm coming for you. Because maybe he gets a thrill. He's like a, he's a psychopath. He gets a thrill out of giving me little subtle warnings. That was his first subtle warning. And his second subtle warning was just to search on Google for David Eagle murder. He thought, oh, you'll see that. That'll freak him out a little bit. What's he going to do about it? He doesn't know who it is. Is he really going to report that to the authorities? I'm going to have to go through Michael Wackington's post and see what else he's written. I think there's something dubious going on there. But anyway... It wasn't David Eagle murder. It was David... Yeah, I've kind of gone into a bit of a fantasy world there. Sorry. That doesn't happen very often, does it? David Eagle diagnosis. So I don't think it was to find out whether I was in diagnosis murder, but I might be wrong. That was one of the searches. And the other search was, what's wrong with the singer in the young'uns? That one doesn't have to be about me, technically, does it? What's wrong with the singer in the young'uns? There's lots of things wrong with me. The fact that I spend my time walking around, talking to a couple of hundred people on a daily basis <laughs> about things like talking to goldfish from beyond the grave maybe that's what they meant maybe they weren't referring to blindness at all maybe they're David Eagle diagnosis this person's a psychiatrist or a psychologist and he's actually just like what the what is wrong with the singer from the youngins why does he they're trying to diagnose what it is what are the causes that have led to me spending my days walking around outside at the moment in the spitting rain talking to people about communicating with dead goldfish Da -da. Hang on, what does that remind you of? Da -da. Sounds a bit like And now The end is near And so I face The final 
my case or something like that. I know for certain. It's my way, isn't it? That's, that's what it is. <laughs> it's my way. It's clearly my way. Da da. Da da. Excellent. I think we've. I'm going to find. I bet there's loads of household appliances that sound like other songs. I'm going to find out what they are. I'm going to get in touch with the people's estate. Surely, because I brought it to their attention, do I not get a bit of money? I could just be a legal representative. What am I doing? Wasting my time walking down the street. Talking to a couple of hundred people on a daily basis, talking about goldfish from beyond the grave, when I could be raking it in by suing the manufacturers of domestic appliances, such as doorbells, microwaves, the washing machine. That makes a noise. What is the washing machine? What noise does that make? I'm going to sue them on behalf of uh, musicians and songwriters. What does the washing machine do? Hang on. Da, da, da. What's that? Da, da, da. Well, it's... uh, Ah, give me joy in my heart. Give me, but what's that? Give me joy. No, it's give me joy. No, we can't have that one. Sorry, that'll be thrown out of court. That's a frivolous case if ever there was one. Do 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 do. English country garden. Could get with that in an English country garden. Right. Okay, that'll do. I'm suing them. Yeah, what I want you to do, listeners, is I want you to send in the sounds of your various domestic appliances. Maybe if you have an idea of what they sound like, let me know that as well. But if you're not sure, and it just something does a beep or a bit of a musical tone or something like that, just and you're not sure what it sounds like and you don't think it sounds like anything, just let me know because I will use my musical brilliance to establish what it sounds like. And I think that's a great money-making enterprise there. Thank you very much for listening to David's Daily Digital Dollop Dollop. Digital dollop dollop 165. I've left it quite late to do today's dollop. I did have an idea of what I wanted to do today, dollop wise, but I haven't got round to it and it is now past half past nine. I just thought I'd do another walking dollop and it's a little bit, I don't know if you can hear, underfoot. No, I can't hear underfoot, David. I hear with my ears like everybody else. Very funny, my friend. Leave the jokes to me, alright? But I don't know if you can hear, underfoot is a little bit more moist than usual, a bit damper than usual. It's been raining. You'll hear the, the surface area on the roads. The road surface. You hear that car there. A little bit more. We're getting back to listening to cars again, are we? <laughs> One of the reasons for being late doing this dollop is because I was watching a programme with Ben. It was on the Discovery Channel programme. I wasn't planning on watching it, it was just on. Ben was watching it and then kind of got sidelined and, re- and then suddenly realised it was like half nine. I hadn't started the dollop. But the programme, done by someone called Ed Stafford on the Discovery Channel, he's an adventurer. He went to the Amazon jungle and was trekking through by himself. I mean, that's a weird thing nowadays. You can just 
use like GoPro cameras, you know, you can just use these cameras and one man doesn't need any crew or anything like that can just film. It got me thinking it'd be quite funny to do a, a parody of it in a way because he was, everything's very dramatic. And of course it's very dramatic, in fairness he is trekking through the jungle he's he had to carry a massive water pack on him you know it was like half of his body weight he was carrying which of course slowed him down immeasurably and he was getting obsessed about water and he was just going i don't know i'm gonna find water and my water's running out and he was going on about this all the time about his water there was a brilliant bit where he more or less ran out of water he'd completely run out and he was going for hours without water and he was worried about heat stroke he was going on about if we didn't find water soon he was potentially going to die and he always has these weird things though it's quite a strange thing because if he is genuinely fearing for his life and I'm not saying he isn't but if he's genuinely fearing for his life he still has I'd be like terrified in a situation like that he still manages to sort of keep it together enough even though he's going I could die any minute now <laughs> he still manages to come out with these little like one-liners and you wonder if he thinks of them in advance like he goes oh best have me one-liners prepared for he'll come out with something like there are some days for dying today is not the day for dying and just like that just like little things that they can like put on the show you know like when they do the the recaps previously that kind of thing get ready to applaud that was a reference to dollop 155 ladies and gentlemen very not a mild joke but a one that i'm sure the dollop aficionados will appreciate on the uh, previously bits they always cut to that bit there are some days for dying but today is not the day for dying and he was saying that while he was like literally according to him dying he's like i could die any minute now and i just think it's brilliant that he thinks he might die but he still has the ability to kind of come out with these little one-liners and i wonder if he's doing it he's going, oh well maybe that's what keeps him going i'll be ashamed to die you know because that's a really good line and i'll never get I'll ne- no one will ever get to see that footage if i die here the thought of no one getting to hear that one liner there that little sound bite would be uh, it's just unbearable i've got to keep going he comes out with little things like that and they are completely like melodramatic sounding but at the same time he's probably not wrong i mean if he dehydrates he could have heat stroke he can't really get a helicopter there there's seemingly no film crew around i mean chances are he's completely right in saying that he could die but i just like the fact that he still manages to like ham it up for the tv even though i mean really he should be conserving his energy he should be not talking he's not got no water he needs to just conserve all his energy he's saying no no i've still got to do my sound bites that sound bite could have cost him his life today is not the day for dying there are some days for dying today is not oh shit i shouldn't have started this one i'm gonna die now yeah there was this brilliant bit where he was desperate for water and he hadn't got any water he just kept going on about not having any water and then he found this this tiny little well it's not even a lake it was just he found some water underfoot started digging he was digging and digging and he found this water and he was going absolutely hysterical laughing his head off oh, i found the water the water he was unbelievably ecstatic morning no good morning i suppose i do have i thought i would give it a go I think it's a bit extreme, 10 o'clock at night, to say good morning, but, you know, I thought I'd give it a go. I think it's probably best to do the good morning game when I've got my cane with me. I think at least people then go, oh, he's just some weird blind person, whereas there, I don't know who it was, it could be a man, it could have been a woman, just saying good morning. <laughs> I could get beaten up. You know, if this man can trek through the jungle and potentially die, the least I can do is try and play the good morning game without a cane in the wilds of Sheffield. And don't you, you might be thinking, the wilds of Sheffield? Let me tell you, there are two English fans who have been arrested so far. Two English fans after those riots on Saturday. One of them was from Sheffield. It's quite a dangerous place to play the good morning game. You say good morning to someone at 10 o'clock at night and you could be beaten up. 
So he gets his water and he's digging for it and he's digging for it and he's absolutely over the moon about the water. So he takes a drink and it's kind of like this, it's quite muddy water, but it'll do. It'll do the job. And he's, he's laughing his head off, going on about how brilliant this water is. You know, and like to see it, it's just like muddy brown water, but he's going on about how brilliant this life-giving water has brought me back from the brink. He goes, and I've got a drink up. I'm gonna fill. I'm gonna fill all my bottles up. I'm gonna fill all my bottles up because you never know when you'll next get a chance to get some water. If that's one thing that being an adventurer has taught me, do not squander the opportunity to get water because you never know when the opportunity might come again. So he fills all his bottles up and then he walks about what must have been about 15 minutes and he comes up to this pure lake of fresh water. <laughs> And he goes, oh, <laughs> there's water there. <laughs> he discovers. <laughs> I'm not going to play the good morning game. I'm a coward. Plus, I'm aware that I've said quite a few good one-liners. I've got quite a few good sound bites of this dollop. And it'd be a shame to die on the streets of Sheffield, knowing that no one would hear my 165th dollop. It's not worth dying for. So he finds this lake of water and he's like oh right i found some water and he, this shit sends him over the edge he gets, he's absolutely he doesn't know what to do he hasn't seen water for days and he's like desperate he's going oh best fill me bottles up you never know when water might come it's going to be an exhausting journey carrying all this water around but you've got to carry it because you never know when the next opportunity is going to come and then 15 minutes later he's like oh there's some water here so he's like this massive expanse of water and he just pours he goes, oh, right, well, I don't need that water anymore. He just pours it away. So he just pours this water away that he's just spent hours, like, digging for, desperately digging for water, going, oh, brilliant. Pours it away, and then he just puts his bottles into the fresh lake and has a proper drink. <laughs> and he was laughing pretty hysterically before when he discovered the first bit of water, the muddy brown water, but now he was in absolute heaven. And he was just cackling away drinking water and it was just one of those weird things we're watching a man filling up bottles of water and just cackling by the way it's raining you might be able to hear the rain spitting there you go adds an extra level of trepidation the rain is spitting my hair is getting slightly damp there's a chance that i might get a mild cold oh the, st the rain is starting to get heavier now it was also quite weird watching this program me and ben were eating tiramisu while we were watching a man at one point dehydrated and telling us that he might die any minute. Quite an odd dichotomy. We're sitting on our sofa eating tiramisu and this man's dying in front of us and then cackling demonically because he's got some mouth. Brown muddy water. Yes, my chances of getting a cold are dramatically increasing as the rain heightens and I've got my mobile phone out. It's not actually being used for the recording purposes it's literally being used in order to stop me looking really weird talking to myself as I walk down the street because the last thing you want is to walk down the streets and people to think you're talking to yourself because then you are a target for being beaten up in the, on the mean streets of Sheffield and it's a risk do you risk getting your phone wet in the rain and possibly breaking or do you risk being beaten up walking down the street talking to yourself decisions like this have to be made by intrepid bloggers like me every day. Oh! <laughs> oh, I've just walked into a bush and it soaked me. Oh, that's a bit that'll play on the um, 
previously section. I'll keep running that on the montage section. My goodness, just been hit in the face with a soaking bush. <laughs> That's the sound bite. <laughs> I've only been walking for 15 minutes, but already my phone is getting wet. My microphones are getting wet. My hair is getting wet, bringing on the chance of a mild cold. Now I've just been hit in the face by a soaking bush. The sound of a dog. Stay still. Stay still. Don't attract attention. Okay. Okay. Can you hear that? That's the sound of a dog. There is nothing between me, a wall, and a locked door separating me and that dog. If this dog, and it sounds pretty wild, if this dog should manage somehow to open the door, maybe unpicking the lock with its teeth or its paws, bound over the wall, then that could be it for me. Stop barking, I'm gonna, oh no. It lulled me into a false sense of security. Someone is shouting quiet at the dog. Someone is shouting for the dog to shut up, but the dog, it's a lawless dog. It doesn't know discipline, it will, it's not heeding the owner's words, and if it doesn't heed its owner's words, what hope is there for me? A complete stranger to the dog, an unknown. He's probably already smelt me. Is that tiramisu I can smell, thinks the dog. I shouldn't have had that tiramisu. I knew it was a mistake. What I will do to, to decoy the dog is I'm now going to breathe hard in the direction of the door, thus giving the dog a massive whiff of tiramisu. I will then run as fast as I can. The dog will think that I'm still there. It'll excite the dog. And by the time the tiramisu dissipates, I'll be no more to be seen or to be smelt. This is one of the tricks that you learn. I've just realised I'm still breathing. I should have stopped breathing. Damn! Because the Tiramisu is now following me down the street. What I should have done is I should have breathed the tiramisu and then held my breath and stopped breathing. It's been a long time since I've been on an intrepid adventure like this. I forgot the rules. The old tiramisu escape rule. The old tiramisu escape plan. Oh. Well, I think I've cleared it. I think I've cleared it. The danger is cleared. Oh, oh God. Oh, when am I going to get some water? Okay, can you hear that sound? Okay, that is the sound of a drain. From the drain comes water. As an intrepid blogger, I'm now faced with a choice. Do I lie down here and stick my head in the drain and try and slurp up the dirty water from the drain, giving me much needed sustenance? Or do I turn back around and walk the 10 minute journey home and get some water from the tap. Yeah, I think I'll head home. It's getting quite late, actually. It's about 10 past 10 now. Need to get this dollop uploaded. Yeah, that's what I'll do. 
obviously if this was on the uh, commercial station like the Discovery Channel and I am open to offers by the way I might not be as cheap as the other adventurer that you've got at the moment but you know you pay for quality that would obviously be that bit that I just did there that soundbite that would come before a commercial break and then the big reveal that I just decided to go home would come afterwards once they'd seen some adverts for nappies and cereal.